Bruce Feldman's college football's freaks list is a tradition like no other, and we're breaking it down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate you all being here very, very much. Joe, happy National Feldman's Freaks List release day, week to you. This is always really fun to kind of, we spend so much of this pre-draft process waiting for athletic testing to come out. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out you get kind of these nuggets along the way in the middle of August every year, courtesy of Bruce Feldman of the, the athletic and, uh, it's a nice kind of barometer to set for what you can expect for the top of the class. Uh, Kyle, we're going to talk about freaks, and I would like to tell you about a freak, um, if I can. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know, right? A little bit dangerous, but just stick with me here. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see that I'm not in my normal setup. I'm not home. I'm in the mountains of Western North Carolina with family. We're having a great time. And we're staying in this beautiful mountain home, and I we brought our dogs with me and I have three dogs. And so I took them out last night, right before bed, take them outside, put them on the leash, walk them around and, and let them use the bathroom. And when I opened the sliding glass door to go do this, there was a very large spider. That's the freak, uh, building this huge, like not a small web, a, a huge web. And I noticed it. And so when I, when I woke up this morning, I had filed it away in my mind that this was going to be there. And if I wasn't mindful of it, I'm going to walk directly into this spider's right. web in the morning. Right. It's gone. This guy set it up and it's not there. Like, was he setting it up for just a few hours going through this whole process of putting this together to catch a moth and then move on with his day? It was a big, beautiful web and it is gone. It was, it wasn't windy. It wasn't raining. Like he took it down and he's moved on. I don't feel like that's how spider webs work. I'm going to be well, honest. I, as you being a, an Eagle scout, a lot of time in the wilderness, Kyle, right. I, mean, I'd I thought be, maybe you'd I would be here. concerned that, that he has picked a new spot where he will catch you unaware. And you well, walk into it. My, my guy had a feast. I mean, it was right by a, a, a light outside. There was moths flying into it. I mean, my guy did well last night. I've got a take. Okay. And my, my wife hates that I do this, but if, if there's, somebody set up by the porch light i usually leave them because is there anything you respect it is it i respect the hustle but then also yeah. is there anything worse than opening the door to let the dog out before you go to bed and yeah. your porch light was on and there's all those bugs banging up against the glass not having yeah. any idea what's going on in the world and then when you open the door they all come inside mm. So you think you feel this this spider's doing you a favor? Uh, I think it could be a mutually uh, symbiotic relationship. Yes. 
Yeah, that's good. I, I respect that. All right. Well, um, okay. So My good team. sidebar to start, right? Um, yeah, I but we are where you were going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about this spider because, you know, it's the morning and I just let the dogs out and I'm like, I was ready. I was ready to not walk into that spider web. And I was like, really? Let the dogs like... out? <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Mm, okay. All right. Okay. We're here to talk about uh, college football freaks and we're going to get into some of the players here, but we wanted to start this conversation by considering the value, right? Like how valuable is this information? Bruce goes through and lists a hundred players and gives us all these amazing numbers about how big they are and how athletic and explosive they are. And we wanted to start by saying, well, how valuable is this information? And Kyle, I felt like yesterday I took the, the first opportunity to talk about everything. So why don't I get out of the way and let you have the first crack at this? No, I, I didn't think we we had to not share the mic for this for the first segment, but it the athletic component, I, I think, as is the case with a lot of the variables that you choose to measure college prospects by and try to correlate how it's going to transition to the NFL game, it is position dependent, right? I, I think the vast majority of the consensus is within your relative position group, the further away from the football you get, the more paramount your, your dynamic athleticism is. So that's a guard versus a tackle. You're further away from the football, your athleticism is more important. Edge rushers versus interior defensive linemen. Traditionally speaking, it's been more important for your outside players to be more dynamic. Your safeties versus your corners, your slot receivers versus your wide receivers. Like the... The further away from the ball, the more it just becomes, in a lot of cases, I have X, Y, and Z physical components on top of technique and fundamentals that create a very difficult dynamic for you to try to defend or attack me relative to what side of the ball you play on. So I think that's my first big picture talking point with athleticism is I, I love seeing guards on here. I don't really care if I see guards. Like, like if you're not a guard or if you're a guard and you're not on this list, it, it's by no means a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a good way to put it. Uh, for me, athleticism isn't the end-all, be-all, but it doesn't hurt, right? It, it really can only help you. And just because you're not a great athletic player in terms of timed athleticism, it doesn't mean you're not a good football player and that you can't be a good NFL player. But I think the overwhelming majority of the data is going to tell you that the best football players in the NFL are also top tier athletes for their position. And so as we always talk about scouting as risk assessment, you want to take all the information and compare it to historical norms. That's going to give you the most likely outcome to have a successful investment in a player. And I think leaning into athleticism helps you get yourself in a position to invest in players that give you the highest likely probability to be a hit because it never hurts you. So I, I think you could probably phrase it like this. If you're all, if you're already considered a top prospect, then you probably are not just on Bruce Feldman's freaks list, right? You, you're objectively good at all of football. Mm-hmm. Now for some positions where there's more scarcity, you see it with offensive tackle a lot. Teams draft toolsy developmental tackles higher than normal because there is a scarcity in just about every, except for what? 
Detroit, Philadelphia, and Kansas City, Atlanta. If you're not one of those teams, you probably have a starting offensive lineman you'd love to have an upgrade for, but there's just not enough of them to go around. But the vast majority of consensus top prospects aren't consensus top prospects just because they're athletic. They're already good football players on top of it. Yeah. The, the the risky part is where you start getting into the, I don't know, who are some good examples of this? Robert uh, Kimbichi comes to mind as a defensive lineman. John Ross. John Ross. Uh, Vernon Golston. Vernon Golston. I mean, I had what one. point to Jason Smith, whatever offensive tackle you want to insert. Right. I was going to say Austin Jackson, but that's a little too on the nose for my personal Justin life. Gilbert. Right Justin Gilbert. And some of those players, like Gilbert, I graded Gilbert highly, but I was also new to the game and didn't know what I didn't know. And I think that's the worst version of myself, is the one who was just, this is what I see. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm not going to seek yeah. to understand other people's opinions. I think he's good, period. No questions asked. Well, if I had had a more open mind at that stage, and that was what, 10 years ago at this point? 10 draft, cycle, crazy, 10 draft cycles ago? Yeah. Um, I also didn't have the connections to people that that I, as somebody who was trying to make it in the space, felt comfortable to ask those questions to and not feel like I was doing myself in trying to build a platform a disservice. So, yeah. you know, and, and the teams in the league don't have that problem, but we can speak objectively about the path that we've been on as, as talent evaluators. And and that's, I think about a player like Gilbert, that was a very easily avoidable miss for me. But in that stage of my career uh, was a miss. Quick feet, baby. Quick, Quick feet, feet, loose hips. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's what he did have. What he didn't have was a lot of other stuff, but we've learned. We've learned, and uh, I think that's the most important part of scouting is continuing to learn, continuing to figure out how to best apply all the data points, and um, don't cling to uh, your methodology. Always be willing to learn and evolve, and that's, I think, dude, every year, right, our our process changes, right, and it should. It should because you continue to learn new information and how to apply it. So uh, always, never, never, in any aspect of life, never have a fixed mindset. Have a growth mindset, right? Good advice here from you. Speaking from of us growth. here on, yeah. Speaking speaking of growth, did you know wow. that eighty percent of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from. Within by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. And for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair that's Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONNFL. The hair product, seeing it, they're not just blowing smoke. I am a testament to that. 
10 years ago, I had less hair on my head than I do now too. So that's another area of my, my career that's improved. Wow. In addition to growth, my player evaluation tendencies. <laughs> Dude. So college football freaks list time yeah. to start to get into some of the names here. We're going to get into offensive players. And like we just, I think you just have to start at the top. Now, there's a hundred players in this list. We're not going to talk about all 100 players or even close to it, but we want to hit the highlights. And speaking of hitting the highlights, the number one player this year is a wide receiver from South Carolina. And wait, pronunciation police, get out of here! All right, these are new names. Some of these people. So if you want to come at us for Nichols. for strange, is that really it? Nichols? Are you sure it's not Nicholas? Oh man. Yeah, now right. one of us is wrong. Now one of us is wrong. Right. It's so, a true true freshman, last name Harbor, South Carolina. Right. Six put the, five, two put 43, the, true freshman. Put the cuffs away. Get, this is insane. He's a receiver that's 6'5", 243. Like, do we go ahead and put him at defensive end or tight end? Or we, what are we doing here? Six right. five. That is huge. Clocked at 22.9 on the GPS. Miles per hour. That's going to translate to a 4-3, right? The 100 meter yard dash, 10-2-2, 6 6 4 in the 60. This guy's this guy's a, a freak. Joe, what would you do if I told you this isn't even the biggest wide receiver on the freaks list? What is happening with wide receivers and when did they start <laughs> drinking whatever the Ninja Turtles got? Johnny Wilson from yeah, Florida State. State. 6'7, 240 pounds. 36 inch arms, Joe. Standing reach of eight feet, 10 inches, 30, 35 and a half inch vertical jump, 10 5 broad with a 21 and a quarter GPS mile per hour tracking for Johnny Wills. Did, what was his height and, light, and weight again? 6 7, 240. Oh, dude, what is going on here? <laughs> we got, these are defensive ends, bro. These are edge rushers. Right. This, this, this Nicholas Harbor, the, the first guy. He averaged 30 yards a catch his last year in high school. He's a true freshman and had, and also had 17 sacks. And 17 sacks. And 17 sacks. And I just saw wide receiver and stopped after the, the athletic profile stuff. Um, Dude. Johnny Wilson, as a contrast of that, uh, put up 43 catches for 900 yards and five touchdowns at Florida State last year. He is draft eligible transferred from Arizona State. Poor the poor Sun Devils. Mm. That program's had a rough rough couple of years now, but letting talent like that slip through the the cracks is a tough pill to swallow, but the ACC is going to be really competitive. Florida State obviously they hit the transfer portal hard with with Jared Verse last year who could have been a top 15 pick if he chose to come out as a pass rusher and Johnny Wilson averaging 20 million yards per catch last year as a six, seven big bodied wide receiver. So that's going to be a fun football team. I think they play LSU week one too. Mm. So Florida state's done such a good job with the transfers, right? Like Jermaine Johnson and Jared verse and Johnny Wilson, big, big time talent. Yeah, I think they're, and they brought the quarterback back too. So they're going to be, they're gonna be a fun team this year for sure. Um, But we can't talk wide receivers without talking about, a player that we've actually done the spotlight on, on Marvin Harrison Jr., right? Yeah. Y'all weren't ready for the spotlight back in May, but it's there if you want to go back and listen. Right. To yeah, you can go back and watch it now since nobody <laughs> did then. Right. Um, the numbers that stand out to me, this is a six-foot-four wide receiver, right? 
obviously his dad was a certain kind of wide receiver. But this is where, for me, when you talk about living on the outside and being a prototypical X receiver or being the isolated receiver and the kind of dude that you have to be, his short shuttle was 3.94 seconds. Unreal. As a six foot four wide receiver. It's unreal. With a 10 8 broad jump. So linear explosiveness, change of direction explosiveness. Joe, the GPS tracking is credited at 23 and a half miles per hour. At six Could foot four, 210 pounds. That's a four three, folks. It's outrageous to have the long speed, the short area explosiveness, and the short area agility that you do with that stature. And, oh, by the way, the ball skills are elite, and he's a very, very, very good route runner. So for all of the talk about the quarterback class and Drake May and Caleb or, or Caleb Williams and Drake May. Not on the list, by the way, either one of them. You could make the argument that Marvin Harrison, if you're not adjusting for positional value, is the best prospect, and I would probably agree with you. Do we have a quarterback on here? Now I got to know. Oh, I know we got uh, this Montana State quarterback, Tommy Mellett. We got Palin Green out of Boise State. Gary Bohannon out of USF. I've seen him. He, he's he got some athleticism for sure. Uh, did you it? acknowledge Alex Orgy? No, Kyle. He's listed as a quarterback? Is... Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can we talk about that? Because I'm seeing Blake. What is it? Blake, what's his name? J.J. McCarthy, right? I'm seeing him in the first round of mocks, and you're telling me that, that Michigan's got another quarterback? Which is outrageous. <laughs> J.J. McCarthy being in the first round of mock drafts is outrageous. I'm sorry. It's happening. But, like, that's a kind of light, light with the quarterbacks here with in terms of just the freaks on this list. Yeah, and, and quarterback athleticism is kind of a unique intersection right now, probably. Would probably be a fair mm-hmm. fair thing to say when you consider what it feels like you have to have a certain level of athleticism for outside of structure scramble plays and and throwing as a scrambler to be considered general consensus a top tier quarterback in the NFL right now. Mm. But I don't think you have to have freakish athleticism to qualify for that. I don't think anybody's gonna qualify Patrick Mahomes as a freak athlete, right? Mm -hmm. Josh Allen probably qualifies because of just how big he is. But his athletic testing was like just okay, though, you know? Right, right. Like Anthony Richardson, Cam Newton, those are like your special. Those are our freak athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, UCLA's got themselves another transfer running back, Carson Steele here uh, from Ball State. He's 6'1", 233. I know that's going to perk Kyle's ears up. Uh, 450-pound bench press, squatting 685, hit 20.96 miles per hour on the clock and 35-inch vert. So is that your your Zach Charbonnet replacement there for UCLA? That should be I'm fun. sure it is. I, I am here for all of the uh, dense boy running backs. <laughs> Speaking of dense boy running backs, Braylon Allen on Wisconsin, this list. Yeah. Wisconsin. Uh, he is – he has – Balked up to 245. 
That's so when unnecessary, I first, right? Like, and he's 19 years old. Wow. Like he, so he's draft eligible, 19 years old, 245 pound running back with a, uh, 1.49 10 yard split. Yo, that's, that's some get off right Correct. there. Correct. Yeah. So you, you, when I watched Braylon Allen and last year was not a great year for Braylon Allen relative to his true freshman season. But when I watched Braylon Allen, I'm like, okay, like you, I can see where the enthusiasm is. He moves really well. And then I looked up how big he was and it completely changed my perspective on him as a player. So I should have done the athletic profile research first, but instead I, I dug into the tape because I knew he mm. was like kind of a freshman phenom that came in, just the latest Wisconsin running back. Yeah. And there's a couple big dudes. Rocket Sanders, Raheem Rocket Sanders from, from Arkansas is not on the freaks list, but he's another like six foot two, 240 pound running back. You got a couple of them. And mm. these guys can hit home runs at this size. It's pretty freaky stuff. It's the second coming of Latavius Murray. These guys, man. 230, can run in the four threes, tall. Different Both kind of have overwhelmingly better vision than Latavius Murray. That's oh, you Bill's legend, Latavius Murray. You're going to learn about Latavius Murray this year, Kyle. Uh, and these guys, Rock- these guys don't, don't cut like Leonard Fournette on the edge either. Mm, real quick, just I know we got to get the defense, but Brock Bowers, I thought it was a big win for him. I, I guess it's a weird thing to say, but uh, Bruce has him listed at 6'4, 240. I think, yep. I think if that's really true, that'd be great for him. Obviously, yeah, 10 2 broad, 36 vert, gonna run in the four fives, you know, good, good, F, good numbers, good numbers. His, his weightlifting can be a little better, but. Yeah, because your your concern was that he was going to be like one of the undersized H, yeah, tight ends. Who's the Who's the dude that went to got drafted in Cleveland? Harrison Bryant. Cleveland. Oh, Harrison, Harrison Bryant. I think it's like Josiah DeGuar or Dalton. No, 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 no. Guys. But like uh, your worst case scenario would be that that Brock Bowers would measure comparably to like Harrison Bryant. And I think we six four two forty is going to be all right. Yep, it's it's going to play just fine. Yeah. So I, I right, agree. Well, with you. That, that's a big win for him. Let's hope it's true. All right. Uh, coming up next, we're going to shift our focus to the defensive side of the football. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Sidebar: This is an offensive player, but did you see the player named Squirrel White? Yeah, Tennessee receiver. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, how can uh, you not root for squirrel white just based I, off of, of principle? I have to, I have to Kyle. Uh, who's my, uh, who's my freak pass rusher, man. Who is it? Jordan Birch. Uh, it's shared Jared verse. Okay. It's verse. Yeah. We should, we should probably acknowledge for, I, I was really excited by the numbers that Chris Braswell posted too in here. Bama, the Alabama. Yeah. Um, the availability's kind of been, the big hang up there, Dallas Turner's kind of the the next in line, like top of the first round projected player, but but Braswell's flashed and has flashed for a while. Uh, but I think versus having watched myself, the vast majority of the consensus top pass rushers, uh, verse I think is the best. And the fact that he's on this list, that is what we kind of alluded to. It can only help you. The mm-hmm. fact that I think he's already the best football player out of the top edge guys. 
and now he's checking in at 26 on the Feldman's freaks list, um, puts him in, in the driver's seat as far as I'm concerned. Two Penn State defensive linemen in the top 15, Chop Robinson, the edge rusher, and then another one here, an interior player, Jordan Vandenberg. I mean, Penn State, that's two of the top 15. program. What on earth? And that's not even the most impressive athlete as far as I'm concerned in the Big Ten. Is it Jenkins? Uh, it's not Chris Jenkins, the the younger Chris Jenkins, but he did you see the the list the lift that he did? The video? No, I didn't see it. So, do you remember the the lift that uh, Aiden Hutchinson did with the one hundred pound dumbbell? Mm-hmm. The Turkish get up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know about Turkish get ups. I struggle with them, and I'm learning how to do it. So very hard. And Aiden did it with like a hundred pound dumbbell or something like that. Yeah, I put like a 20 in my hand to try it. So Chris Jenkins does it with a 170 pound dumbbell. You realize what <laughs> you realize the amount of core strength. Like that's not like we talk about bench press and squat and deadlifts, and I understand like those what what muscles those activate, but the Turkish get up, like that is a testament to your core stability, right? Like yep. your your glutes, yep. your hamstrings, in a, in like the three-dimensional plane. Yes. Stressors in all angles. Yes. The, it's like the maximum amount of stress you can put on your your body, and that's insane. Like I, I I'd love for that to be a thing. I, I would, man, I wish that was a thing that that at all these players did that we could see them try to do a Turkish get Turkish up. Turkish get up. No, yeah, like, like not only see them try no, to do it, no, but like how much weight. You you will do that in your college strength and conditioning program, but they'll never sign up for that in the pre-draft process because all it takes is that that dumbbell to drift three inches too far off the midline. Right. But it's so revealing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I might, if I was uh, doing private workouts, these guys, come on, little Turkish get up time here. Here's get, put the whole they, rack of dumbbells in front of them. See which one they pick. They'd hate you for it. But um, so, so Chris Jenkins listed on here at 307. Wait, they can said we he, stop there though? Yeah. Chris, because we've had this, we've been through this series, I don't know, over the last three to five years where like all the players, kids are becoming things right we've seen all these corners yep. and some of the receivers and stuff when you told me about chris jenkins recently i'm like wait panthers chris jenkins yeah. maryland good football like for whatever reason that was one that made me feel really old because you remember it vividly right like i yeah. and i think it's, it's the, 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 the yeah. panthers yeah you know what i mean like panthers are still kind of new like wait wait panthers are new they can't be having kids they're going to be in the NFL and they that's are. the world we live in. Yeah. So here's, here's the full rundown courtesy of Bruce Feldman on Chris Jenkins. He's added 50 pounds since he arrived on campus. He's up to three Oh seven. He does 170 pound dumbbell Turkish get up. He does pull-ups with a hundred pound weight strapped to his waist. So he's, he does pull-ups at four Oh seven. Uh, he logged Joe. He logged a seven one six three cone drill. That's now that's nuts. I mean, all this stuff has been nuts, but that's really right. nuts at 307. Uh, vertical jump of 34 inches at 307. And he does the the twist exercise that Mozzie Smith did like 800 pounds with. Mm-hmm. He, he does it with 760. Oh, and he's 30 pounds lighter huh? than Mozzie Smith. Just a brick house of a human being. 
and probably not the most impressive athlete from the Big Ten on this list. A 100-pound weighted pull-up. I'm, I'm doing weighted chin-ups now. I can being. do a 20 on there. <laughs> Same. Um, I have, I have to give some acknowledgement, uh, to it's Cooper Dijon, Cooper Dijon. I know pronunciation police are going to have a fit with me. I know we've got some diehard Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh yeah. (laughs) The Iowa pronunciation police. That's that's some of the uh, highest profile out there. I watched him this morning. Okay. And I saw him on the list. He was on my watch list. I said, I, I got to familiarize myself with him. I haven't written him up yet, but I watched him this morning because I wanted to familiarize myself. He had three pick sixes last year. So that kind of tells you what you need to know. Uh, ball skills are really, really good. He is six foot one, 210 pounds. He's on the roster as the left corner. So what Riley, like what Riley, Riley Moss was the right corner, a supersized version of Riley Moss on the other yeah. side. Uh, he was clocked. At a 0.92 flying 10 as a part of his 40-yard dash. So you can obviously do the math, and there's you add the first the 10 yard split is probably somewhere around a 1-5, and then we logged another one of the last 30 yards in under one second. There's pretty incredible stuff running into the four threes. At 6'1", 2'10", with ball skills, he was like a four-letter athlete in high school between baseball, basketball, and track. Uh, has the Iowa State long jump title with twenty, almost 24 feet. Or Is that right? Long jump? Uh, it's 23 feet and 7.5 inches. Yeah. yeah. So over 23.5 feet. And he lays the wood, too. We got a real oh, one here. You check yeah. the tape. So he plays in a half turn. So mm-hmm. if you have that acknowledgement, Iowa, we get it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you're they'll cloud him up, and he will jam and play squat technique, or he will play half turn in cover three and drop out. But anything that's route combinations that break outside or break back down the stem that's in front of his face. If he could stick his foot in the ground and drive on it, like he will lay the wood too. So I think that was nice for me to see this name. And it's like, all right, I got to watch this guy. They play him all over the place. And then you watch him on film. And it's like, yeah, I could see it. Now I think he's just, <laughs> I think he's a scheme specific corner. So I don't think he'll be for everyone. I think that might hurt his value a little bit versus like, if you want to play him in press man, you're going to have to teach him to do a lot of that versus what I, I've seen the most of at Iowa but he can play and, and that's a nice affirmation because I, I kind of came in blind on Cooper. Uh, last one for me here, Kyle, uh, shout out to Peyton Wilson, a linebacker NC state as he enters his 11th season for the Wolfpack. Let's say 27, 10 years in a row from you at this Bro, point, number 27 on the college football's freaks list, which is really impressive considering the amount of injuries he's had throughout his career. But, uh, he's still showing up here on these lists. So, Try, I'm just gonna do a quick peruse. Brandon Dorless on here that pumped me up because I like Brandon Dorless on tape last year. 
uh, Tyler Davis, speaking of players that are back in the mm. ACC for their 11th mm. season of yeah, <laughs> college football. Um, Half this list is Penn State players, dude. They got a running back, corner, another linebacker. Nick Singleton's from my hometown. He's not draft eligible, but he's he's from my hometown. He played at wow. our rival school, Governor Mifflin. So the hometown of Kyle Krabs, Taylor Swift, and Nick Singleton. It's uh, Shilling, and, Shillington, I believe, is technically where he calls Chad him. Chad Henney as well, right? Isn't he part Chad of Chad Henney, Kerry Collins? Yeah, just an amazing Ross Tucker. Wow, I, I mean, this is pretty impressive, man. I don't have that from where Central, I came Central from, Pennsylvania, man. And they got a nice yeah. little pipeline. Ross Tucker played at Y Missing, which was like the they're a smaller classification than than Governor Mifflin and Wilson, but you could attend, you could drive to all three high schools in like a 10, 15 minute loop. Wow, some good rivalries, I'm sure. Oh, Alex Anzalone too played at Y Missing. Wow. Okay, I'm out of I'm out of defensive players and I'm out of uh, Berks County, uh, <laughs> Berks County, Pennsylvania, uh, NFL football talent. So, hey, but seriously, check out this list. It, it's incredible from Bruce Feldman yes. with the athletic. Uh, a lot of I think this is it feels like at least the biggest inventory of like small school players. You peruse this thing. That's the second time we've said peruse on this podcast, which is amazing. Um, Montana's on here. Right. I I got that one. A lot of, a lot of, uh, shout out Chris Schubert, uh, mid majors on here. So if you want to get acquainted with who the best uh, athletes are, check out, um, check out this college football freaks list from Bruce Feldman and And if you want to stay dialed in on how some of these guys are doing throughout the course of the season, keep it locked in right here on locked on NFL scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Shout out to our everydayers. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We will be back again tomorrow with some more football talk as we get ready for week two of the NFL preseason. So look forward to that, and we hope to see you then. Peace.